Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Hope your week has started well. Ours has been awesome because we've had some really cool moments in harness racing. Not just in New South Wales, in Queensland and in North America. And we're going to talk to some of those people who set those records in the next half an hour. Michael Guerin joining you for this. Kerri-Ann Morris is going to be very shortly talking to us about her 1500th training success. Bertie Hewitt's been winning races for New South Wales up in Queensland. We'll talk to him. And Greg Sugars has maybe the most exciting male pacer in Australia and better eclipse. But Dexter Dunn, the prodigal son of Australasian harness racing, became the fastest man on two wheels yesterday, Australian time, at the Meadowlands when he drove Bulldog Hanover to pace a one forty-five. 0.8 mile. Hopefully, if things go well, technically, he'll be joining us from the States to talk about that shortly. But the record setter for the weekend here in New South Wales is Kerry Ann Morrison. Kerry, congratulations. Uh, 1,500 training wins. When you hear it spelt out like that and you think back to your first training success, it must be an almost overwhelming number. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Firstly, um, yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of horses gone to uh, change that number, but yeah, no, um, it's just very exciting. Was it something you and your your husband Robbie counted down to at all, or was it one of those things you're so busy because you have horses racing so often you just know it's coming up, but you don't think about it too much? Um, no, we actually didn't really know it was coming up. Um, I think now. Uh, when you click on your name in the in the harness um, harness web, you can actually see what you're up to actually um, have done. And um, I think someone mentioned it, pointed it out to us the other day. And and yeah, it's, as I said, we don't go out there trying to you know count our winners and that, but um, we just go out there to try and achieve what we can do um, every race. Kerry Ann, you've become such a massive part of the of the fabric of Australian harness racing that some people would just think you've been there forever. But some people may not know this, some of our galloping listeners. So how did you actually get into harness racing? Um, and what happened in your career after that to become such a success in New South Wales? Um, yeah, well, my parents have always been in, in racing. So uh, I grew up grew up around the horses and, and yeah, always, kinda, always wanted to be a driver and started off driving and, um, yeah, then it's, progressed um uh, i can't remember it might have been maybe back in about 2008 me and robert met um yeah kind of everything from there and um yeah from i think myself and uh, robert and myself we kind of took over the family business in, in 2011 2012 and um yeah it was just been lucky enough that you know Lucky Lodge is our home, and and we've had really good um, clients behind us, and really good staff, and um, everything kind of blossoms from that. You mentioned your husband Robert. Do, do you guys, or Robbie, as people call him, do you guys more or less train together, or does, for example, he pay more attention to driving and the travelling and the freelance driving, and you pay more attention to not only the horses but running the business? How does the dynamic of Lucky Lodge work? 
probably share a little bit. Robbie, um, he just loves driving. He, you know, we're, and we're trying to work really good as a team. He, um, he loves, you know, it doesn't matter if it's our horse or someone else's horse. It's what he actually lives for. And um, I, I really enjoy being at home and, and um, working with, with all the horses. And, um, yeah, we just, we kind of just work really right. How many horses at the peak time of the season, Kerry Ann, would you guys end up having in work? Um, when we're really, really busy, we've probably, you know, got 55 to 60 horses here. Um, but, yeah, no, like a, a, an average number is about 50 for us. Kerry Ann, it seems normal these days, as it should, that that females are leading things in, in harness racing between yourself and Amanda Turnbull and Belinda McCarthy and and so many more. We don't even need to cover off. But when you first started driving, had that revolution started, or was there still an element of the girls' driving room being disadvantaged over the boys, or, or was that already starting when you came along? Um, definitely not in New South Wales, I don't feel. Um, where back where I started in the Riverina at Wagga, there was uh, not very many lady drivers at all. Um, obviously, Karen Manning and, and Jodie Queen-Rings and, and um, the likes of them were in Melbourne and, and setting records of their own. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was something that, you know, um, kind of has developed and you see more and more women getting involved in the sport and um, a lot more lady drivers. That also raises um, some very unusual challenges the boys don't have to worry about. This time last year, or just before this time last year, you won a Metropolitan final uh, about six weeks after having a child. I think it was your third one. I'm not quite sure. I hope I got that right. Um, that got you a lot of attention on the national stage, um, as it should have. Um, a pretty surreal moment in your career to be out there driving, I think it was six weeks after giving birth. Yeah, yeah, it was um, It was actually three weeks after I gave birth. But um, Sorry, my apologies. I, I knew it was a remarkable feat. I just wasn't sure how remarkable. Um, but, yeah, no, as I said, I, I don't see myself as being any different because I've had, a, had children. But, um, yeah, no, it's just something that that you know i've grown up doing so you don't see it as any any special challenge harness racing has many family dynasties i think your one's going to continue because i believe your oldest boy is already interested in the horses and is it right he's interested in the pony trots already i think he's only about four or five uh no yeah archie he's six now and um he's he's at a great age because he's on school holidays at the moment and every meeting we go to he's He's there tagging along, and everyone knows him at the races. He, he's kind of he's a little bit of a character, but um, yeah, no, he's he's. I think he's going to follow in the footsteps for sure. After fifteen hundred training successes, Kerry Ann, I know I shouldn't ask you this, but I'm going to. Do you have a favourite horse? Do you have one you love just that little bit more than the other ones? Oh, there's. <laughs> we've had many horses go through the stables, and um, you always get you know attached to them all but um yeah at the moment i can't exactly pinpoint a special one we've got a few nice babies that are coming through the through the system um as two-year-olds next year so i'm hoping one of them can can be a little bit special you guys have a lot of trotters in work which um not a lot of the stables in new south wales have both the trotters and paces 
Is there a special affection for those? Because you seem pretty good at it. You won the major trotting race on Saturday night, but you've got to love the trotters to put up with them. Uh, um, both Robert and myself, we, we both we both love the trotters. They um they can prove to be a handful sometimes. Um, they're they're a different art. Um, they take a little bit more driving and a little bit more thinking. And um, you know, I think we've kind of got our trotters into a routine where they're pretty down pat and, and happy and and um you know we've we've you know enjoyed a lot of success with them so yeah they are something that we enjoy having in the stable there's a unique dynamic when a husband and wife both drive obviously someone like andy gath doesn't drive but kate does so when you're out there on the track have you ever given robbie a serve have you ever given him a bit of a talking to when he stuffed one up or vice versa does it ever does it ever become quite um shall we say debated after a race i'd say most races end up like that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no we we're very um we're very even though people think robbie doesn't voice his opinion to me but um yes no we we uh we let each other know when we think we've done the wrong thing I'll bet you do. I bet Robbie does. He loves a chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about the future. You've you've reached this amazing milestone, and you you seem to be chalking up bigger numbers all the time. If I said you and Robbie, obviously helping out, could win any race as a trainer in Australasia or worldwide, we're going to talk to Dexter Dunn soon. There's no reason you can't win on the world stage. What's the race you'd like to win? Um. Probably an Inter Dominion um, with either a trotter or a pacer wouldn't bother me. Um, just you know, aim for some of those bigger races in in um, you know more recent times. Like we were lucky enough to be um, here when Josh won the Inter Dominion, and that was very exciting, um, exciting for him. So yeah, if it was something that we could do with one of our own horses, that'd be great. You guys are very busy. Lots of horses going to lots of different tracks these days. What's the most likely winner next up for the stable over the next week or so for the Sky Sports Radio listeners, Kerry Ann? Um, we have a horse called um, Kalara Shogun. He's had two starts at Newcastle. Um, he's very green. He's racing tomorrow at um, an angle, and he just—he's a little bit bit slow on the uptake. He's well, Kiri, and lots of people who follow harness racing in, in Australia, in New Zealand, and in further afield are very proud of what you've been able to achieve, and you've done it with a smile on your face and a whole bunch of kids to look after, and Robbie, who's also a big child. So you've done a massive job. Um, congratulations. Thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing more of these winners continue in, and, and one day you get that into the menu you'll be looking for. No worries. Thank you very much. It's Kiria Morris. Um, 1,500 training successes. That's a giant number when you consider you know, they only race on two or three different tracks. And our next guest is a guy who would know how big a number that is because his, part, his wife is also a trainer in, in Juice Tubbs. This is Greg Sugars joining us now. Um, good morning to you, Greg. Thank you for joining us, mate. Um, that's a hell of a number from Kiri Ann and Robbie, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. No, good morning, Mick. Um, yeah, pleasure to be on uh, on the show as always. Mate, um, Better Eclipse is the horse you drove and you and your wife trained together, Jess. Um, he's turned into a very good horse. He won the Sunshine Sprint at Albion Park on Saturday night and, 
It, it was pretty dominant. It's not often these days in Australian harness racing you just bully your way to the lead with a lap to go. He's turned into a very good horse group. Yeah, he sure has. Uh, yeah, like he, he's exceeded our expectations. Um, really, really, from where we saw him, um, you know, probably six or twelve months ago, um, sort of thought, you know, eventually he'd make his way to to sort of, um, you know, free for all company. But yeah, he, he's the level of improvement he's shown, you know, really over probably the last six months. Um, yeah, it certainly exceeded our expectations, and um, yeah, which we couldn't be happier with him with what he's been able to do and. Um, he, he seems to still be on the up, so um, yeah, fingers crossed there's more in store for him. Mate, it must be a dream time for the stable because you've got him coming through and you've got Triple Eight, who's just one of those old, lovely war horses who loves it when they go hard. So you've got horses you can do real things with now and aim at real series like the Inter Dominions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's nearly a little bit uncharted uh, territory for us as a stable. You know, we've... Um, Really, really relatively new to to um, this level of racing as far as the training side of things go. Um, we've only been operating Lara J Farm for about four or five years now, so yeah, to have a couple of horses in our stable that you know are capable of um, contesting um, these sort of races is, is just yeah, it, it really is a dream come true, as you say. And and the fact that they're actually you know realistic winning chances of these sort of races when things work out for them is. Uh, it's extremely exciting for us. Let's talk about what's next. I presume both the big boys will head to the Blacks of Fake at Albion Park this Saturday night? Yeah, that's correct. No, both have been nominated for that. and um, They've both come through the weekend run, you know, in flying colours, really. They uh, seem really, really well. So, yeah, we'll try our luck again this week. Who's the better chance this week, or does that depend on barrier draws, and in the case of Triple Eight Tempo? Yeah, look, it, yeah, very much so. Um, both both are probably equal, equally as capable of uh, winning a race like this. I think the way they're they're performing at the moment, but um, I would say probably Triple Eight would need a, a touch more uh, luck on his side, um, things to go the right way. Which you know he obviously got his um, his first run up there a fortnight ago and and finished um, you know way over the top of them and and was very very impressive doing so. So. If he guts that sort of run again, there's no reason to think that he couldn't take out a race like this. In the long distance, certainly won't suit him. Uh, won't uh, won't hurt him. He's um yeah he's he's campaigned over the uh, long trip uh, many many times throughout his career. So so he's a really live chance that probably needs you know um, things to go his way. Um, whereas sort of better Eclipse is probably capable of making his own luck a little bit more. I think at this point in time, which uh, which we obviously saw on Saturday night. Greg, you have an Inter-Dominion coming up in your home state of Victoria starting late November. I presume Triple Eight will go there. Will Better Eclipse go there? Um, at this stage, yes. Um, yes, Triple Eight certainly will go there. Um, and yeah, Better Eclipse, we're just basically, uh, like, like we say, this is sort of throwing him into the deep end, this, uh, this campaign in Queensland. And, you know, we're just waiting to see how he get through that um, before we sort of really lock in a plan for him. Um, but at this stage, that is the definite target, being in our um, being in our home state, for sure. All right, Greg, are you parking up in, uh, in Queensland for the week or are you heading back to Victoria? Because basically, as much as we're loving hearing about your horses, we all want a winner. So if you've got a winner, <laughs> that'd be nice. I'm actually back in Victoria today and uh, enjoying the freezing cold uh, weather and I'll, I'll be back up there, um, uh, back in Queensland later in the week. So... 
Um, we haven't got much going around in the next couple of days, but uh, Wednesday it's um, Wednesday we've got a few runners at Ararat. I've got a trotter in there called uh, My Bad Habits, and hopefully he's uh, he's only got good habits on Wednesday. I think he'll be hard to beat. He's appropriately named for the show, Gregory. Mate, congratulations on the Sunshine Sprint. Good luck with the barrier draw for the Blacks of Fake today, mate. And uh, thank you for joining us on Sky Sports Radio. No worries at all, Mick. Thank you very much. That's Greg Sugars and yeah, the Candyman, as they call him. Um, absolutely huge for him and, and Jess, as his wife or, or partner. They're having a, a great run at the moment with the open class horses and better eclipses. A proper horse, as is the New South Wales filly, Jewel Melody. She went to Albion Park the other day, won $156,000 APG sales graduate race for Bernie Hewitt. And Bernie, thank you for joining us this morning, mate. Um, I know you've trained and driven a lot of winners, but even by your standards, the first half of 2022 has been pure magic with these young horses. Yeah, morning, Nick. Yeah, that's right. Um, you had a real good run over the last sort of yeah, three or four months, so um, started the year off a bit slow. We just had the change of season. We were selling horses and didn't race a lot through January, February, but um, yeah, it's been a good good run since. She must be an easy horse to love, Jewel Melody, because she's a big horse for a juvenile. She covers the ground beautifully, and even though she's only two, God, you would swear this time next year she's going to be in Oaksville. Yeah, well, she's showing all the signs of that, Mick. Uh, she's a, a big filly and loves her food and loves loves uh, racing. And, um, you know, nothing seems to bother her too much. So you'd think with natural progression, she should uh, develop into a you know, nice, strong mile and a half mare. These people, the loaders who own her, they, they, they deserve a good horse. They've been massive investors in harness racing and they've gone out there and spent some money. Um, they've got a proper filly now to base themselves around if they want to breed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, she'll um, she'll be going to the breeding barn when she finishes racing for sure. Um, her brother won that same race a couple of years ago for John Bazzario. Um and yeah, the next filly is also a race winner. She's racing up here with Grant Dixon at the moment, and then um, she's come along. So um, the family's going good, and I've I've got the next filly out of the mare too, and, and broke her in. She broke in sensational. So um, all going well. It looks like a really family. I thought a good run the other night from Make Mine Memphis, um, beaten by one of the family in Rock and Marty with David and Brad, but I thought hit the line really strongly in one of the consolation races. Yeah, he's been going great uh, over the last couple of months. He's really been flying and just sort of hasn't been in the right place a lot of the time from awkward draws and um, he was running last again the other night and, um, you know, managed to get a, a run with him and and flash down the outside and just just failed by a little bit again. So, yeah, no, he's flying that horse. He just needs a bit of luck. Bertie, what happens to Jewel Melody now? What's the next target? Um, she, she's going to stay up here um, for the next month. Um, the uh, Queensland triad's coming on for the, uh, all the triad horses, but she, she's going to have a, a run in that against uh, just the fillies, where the other day it was against the boys as well. So she'll she'll come up against uh, some different fillies too. Well, one's out of uh, you know, say regular sales, and and one's a dingatory sale, uh, just bred fillies. So yeah, it'll be a different lot of horses, uh, I'd imagine. So um, it'd be interesting to see what what comes up, and um, and you know that's what what her main aim is now. And apparently, by the rankings, the top four rank 
uh, horses in the division don't get to contest the heat, they're automatic qualifiers. So that puts her out of a, a run there, a uh, heat run. Um, so I'll probably look at giving her a, a few easy days and uh, just keep her kicking over and probably give her a trial before that race, I'd imagine, Nick. Bernie, I know you're away up in Queensland. I presume there's somebody working at home to get the horses racing at Bathurst on Wednesday night. Do you have a team in there? And, and more importantly for us listening, do you have a winner for us on Wednesday night? Absolutely honest. I've got the iPad in front of me, but I haven't even looked at Wednesday fields at this stage. But I, um, That's very fair, Bernie. Either have we. So you're not the only person in that situation. If I was in Queensland, Bernie, I probably wouldn't be looking either. Yeah, um, Doug's just then three up that arrived this morning uh, to do a, a bit of a campaign up here now and um, and Jace has uh, jetted over to Ireland for a month so um, Dougie's going to have his hands full down there, Dougie and Olivia and Jack and and, the, and Kiana all the crew down there so they're going to be busy but um, yeah just looking at, I'd have to look through the fields Mick to try and steer you into one I think Bernie, we can always do that on Wednesday. We have it on the pace on Wednesday morning, and Brittany Graham's pretty efficient, so we'll leave her in charge of that. Mate, congratulations on what's been a huge start to 2022 with these younger horses. They're exciting when they are that good when they're young, and it's exciting when they race for that sort of money. Mate, enjoy the sun. No need to be rushing home, and hope the next month goes well for you, Jewel Melody, and the rest of the team. Yeah, no worries at all then, Mick. Okay, That's Bernie Hewitt. Um, usually he'd be at Bathurst on a Wednesday night, but he's semi sunning himself up in Queensland and smashed them in the Brisbane APG sales with dual melody on Saturday night. As New South Wales continues to have a lot of success there, a couple of the open class races have gone more to the Victorian type horses. It all culminates in the Blacks of Fake. So the Blacks of Fake's the big group one. $300,000 race this Saturday night. The barrier draw is today. So the tab, tab.com.au, should have the odds available for us pretty shortly. We have a bit of a treat here on a Monday morning, or depending where you are in the world, maybe it's Sunday afternoon in New Jersey, because Dexter Dunn, the fastest man on two wheels, joins us after on Saturday night breaking the world record for a pacer, 150, 145, 145.8 on Bulldog Hanover. Dex, thanks for joining us, mate. Did it feel like you were going faster than usual? Uh, hey, Mark, how you doing, bud? Um, I definitely knew we were going a pretty good mile, but uh, when three quarters popped up in uh, 120 and three, 120 and six, I thought uh, it was probably going to be 146 range, but probably underestimated Bulldogs, uh, you know, sprint at the end. So, you know, it was it was a pretty cool feeling when I crossed the line and seen the time pop up there and it was, uh, you know, broke a, a long-standing record and it was, it was pretty cool. Mate, he's trained by Noel Daly, who's another Australian or Australasian, we'll call you guys, bunch you all together. And I believe the horse came down from Canada. So what's the actual training situation there? Is Noel in charge of the horse heading forward or is it eventually going to head back to Canada? We we don't know much about Bulldog uh, Hanover considering he's the fastest pacer of all time. Yeah, that, that was actually Noel's last start with him last night. So uh, he's trained in uh, Canada by a fella called Jack Darling, um, who owns him too with uh, a couple of other people and uh, he's done all his racing in Canada until four weeks ago. Jack sent him down to Noel for he had four starts uh, here down here in New Jersey. 
and uh, so Noel was sort of you know caretaker trainer sort of thing. But uh, he's off back to Canada now, back to Jack Darling. So yeah, you probably wouldn't have noticed. He was one of the favourites for the North American Cup last year. Mick and was lead up and was a little disappointing. It's probably I think his only disappointing run of his career, to be honest. So yeah, he's a pretty amazing animal there. All right, so does that mean your association with Bulldog Hanover for now is over, or have the connections mentioned to you that they might want you to jump on a plane to Canada? Uh, yeah, no, I got a text from Jack last week to ask if I wanted to stick with him for the rest of the year. So, um, obviously, I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't want to say no to that. So, yeah, he, he's gone back to Canada. He actually goes to uh, Hoosier in Indiana's next start in three weeks, I believe, and then back to Canada... Canada after that again so uh, yeah I get to sit behind him a few more times this year make question exciting Your career has been stratospheric in, in the US in the last four years Dex do you find yourself now more just living that life whereas anybody who leaves home you know usually rings home and checks the websites on the horses back home do you find yourself now totally US Canada based or do you still pay attention to what's going on in Australia and New Zealand? Uh, 100% pay attention back home, Mick. Obviously, I've got, uh, you know, family. Obviously, RJ and Johnny back home and uh, the Bagaries, all the relations, and then obviously a lot of friends in New Zealand and then obviously all, also Australia. So uh, I haven't uh, missed a beat there. I like keeping up with all the uh, racing back in Australia and New Zealand. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that. So, no, no, I'm uh, obviously... Not planning on uh, moving back any time, but I still keep an eye on the racing. Still enjoy watching it, and uh, even the thoroughbreds too. I still love watching the, you know, the great Ramwick or uh, Flemington meet. So it's uh, it's enjoyable. Well, that raises another question. Everybody would love to see you come back at some stage. I take it you're firmly entrenched in America, and I presume it's been very successful for you financially. Do you see yourself growing old? in the US? Do you see yourself being there in 20 years' time, as much as anybody can know these things, or do you eventually plan to return to Australasia? It's a, it's a hard question, Mick. I mean, at the moment, uh, I can see myself growing old here. Um, you know, there's some good spots to go. I spent a bit of time down in Florida over the winter and took a bit of a couple of months off. I mean, it's uh, not a bad place to be, uh, but obviously, you always miss home. It's where you grew up, and especially New Zealand, such a beautiful country, so who knows what happens down the track, mate? But um, I mean, I'm enjoying it over here at the moment, and uh, you know, lock blinds on. You know, eyes full forward on America at the moment, mate. We see a jockey like James McDonald, who's who's a mate of yours, who, who can obviously dominate in Sydney and, and around Australia, but can still go to Royal Ascot on the off season. Your off yeah, season is watching him there too. This this year is good. It was awesome, wasn't it? Um, your off-season sort of November, December, or the back end of November, December and January, which is quite a busy time in Australasia. Do you have any thoughts about maybe you know, taking that time and having your off-season back in New Zealand and Australia, bringing your driving bag, seeing your mates? Is there any chance we'll see you be a summer special down here? Um, I think a few things would have to change, Mick, uh, for me to want to get a licence in New Zealand at any short notice um, at the moment. So I'd say no. Uh, down the track, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, I'd love to come back and race in, in Cup Week again. I mean, um, you know, it's a special week, and uh, whether I'm being biased because I'm from Christchurch and grew up with it, but it's still a special week. So, 
there's the options open, but uh, at the moment, uh, yeah, like I said, a few things would have to change uh, for me to do that. All right. Is that the one rock under the beach towel, that the one race you haven't won that you'd like to? Because obviously you've won Miracle Miles and you've won Victoria Cups, Hunter Cups. Would you love to win a New Zealand Cup here just to put that icing on the, the Dexter Dunn cake? I would. Yeah, I really would. Uh, Nick, I, I, you know, I never say no to that answer, to that question, to be honest. It's the, it's the Cup, you know. So, I mean, yeah, to uh, grow old and say you won New Zealand Cup, it'd be uh, pretty special. So, absolutely. Mate, what's what's life like on a, a regular basis for Dexter Dunn? We know you go to the Meadowlands and you drive against a couple of great Aussie guys and Todd McCarthy and Andy McCarthy, who are close mates of yours. But how many days a week would you drive? And am I correct in saying you don't actually get driving fees, so you only get paid for the money you win? Yeah, that's yeah. The second party question. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, um, there's no driving fees, so it's. Uh you know, if you're not running in the top five, you're not getting paid for that for that race. So, you know, you want to, you know, try and uh, get a few in the money. But uh, summertime, it's really busy. Uh, there's a lot of travelling involved, especially uh, I think Hambo Day is uh, like uh, August 8th, I think, this year. And usually, as soon as Hambo Day's over, we seem to be on the road nearly every day. Um, I've raced a little bit less than this year than I have the past three years here, Mick, but it's, it's still fairly busy, so... I'm in Nashville. I flew down to Nashville this morning after last night, and uh, there's a racetrack uh, just outside of Nashville called Oak Grove. Race there today, and uh, back in Nashville tonight, and then race back out there again tomorrow, and, and then fly back home for some more races that tested during the week, and then back to Meadowlands. So, you know, each week varies, but uh, summertime's a busy time. But it's, you know, all the good horses are racing, and it's where you make your money. So you chase hard and uh, try and do your best. Two more questions, Dex, and we're just going a little bit over time, but it's great to have you on the phone. Um, how do the Australasian horses compare? We saw Amazing Dream running second up there last night in a very good race. We know they're not Bulldog Hanover, but are our better horses who head to America competitive at the top level? I think I think our best horses are definitely competitive, Mick. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the down under horses, well, it's hit and miss, but. Um, some of them just really struggle over here. They just don't get used to the the change, and then some, you know, love it. So, um, but as far as say just just on ability and and what they can do, I think our our great horses are just as good as the horses over here. Probably not on the trotting side of it. I think the trotting the trotting breed over here is uh, far superior at the moment. Although down under, you know, trotters have obviously got a lot better over the years, but. Uh, Pacing-wise, I think, you know, I think they're just as good. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, though, with the horses coming over. Amazing Dreams acclimatised to it. Um, she's a grand old campaigner, though, isn't she? So some of them come, have come over, though, Mick, and just really not, not adapted at all. So it's, it's a tricky one with them. Dex, we here in Australasia, we think of Americans being these people who eat supersized meals and drink these giant vats of soft drink and stuff and turn into mega-sized humans. You don't seem to have put on any weight, Dexter. We see you on television and you still look like you're about 70 kilos. Now, what's going on here? Are you not drinking or do you not eat? Do you have no one to cook for you, Dexter, because you actually don't look like you've changed in the last four years? Uh, Mick, I drink, I eat, uh, just fine. I just... Uh to be one of those boys who just seems to never, never change and uh, yeah, a busy summer 
when it's 50 degrees out, uh, it gets pretty tucked up as well. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't seem to matter what how much I eat or anything. I just, uh, this, is, this is what I am, mate. So... Well, mate, you were very popular in New Zealand and Australian harness racing until you said that. Now everybody who's got a little pot belly hates you because they despise the fact you can do that, Dex, and get away with it, brother. Yeah, full calorie beer for me, mate. <laughs> it's Dexter. Hey, mate, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on becoming the fastest man on two wheels in harness racing. Mate, and on all your success from all your friends in Australia and New Zealand, you're doing yourself proud, and you are the James McDonald of harness racing, mate. So um, thank you for joining us on Sky Sports Radio this morning. It's a pleasure, Mick. Thank you, mate. Dexter Dunn, one of the greats of Australasian harness racing. We do appreciate the time from Dave and the team here in the studio to let us go a little bit over there because it's very rare we get to talk to Dexter. Um, 1.45, it's easy to say 50 because usually it is, but 1.45.8 Bulldog Hanover, the fastest pacer in history, trained by Noel Daly, an Australian, driven by Dexter Dunn, and Australasian. Congratulations to him, to Kerry Ann Morris, to... Bernie Hewitt for a great campaign and to Greg Sugars for what he and Jess are doing. A really packed on the pace this morning. I hope you enjoyed it. Dave's back after the short break and then we head for the next on the pace, 10.30 on Wednesday morning. But the odds for the blacks are fake will be out tonight on tab.com.au.